0: Hey guys, Naughty here. Sorry I didn't have an episode for you this Monday, but I needed to record some new content for you and come up with some new and sexy innovative ways for you guys to engage with me. All that is coming soon. But for right now, I have a story submission from Mark. Mark wrote to me about how much he loves the stories and the interviews, and how the interview with Mike about his Bible college experience really turned him on. He also writes, I'm attaching a personal narrative that I wrote about my experience in a video arcade a few years ago. I wrote the narrative for my own benefit, but I also shared it with a former friend, with whom I used to correspond about our respective sexual exploits. The narrative I'm sending is addressed to this friend, Rob, who I address directly in the narrative. Well, Mark, thank you for submitting your story, and I know the listeners will love it. And listeners, because I left you hanging this week, no need to wait till Monday. Everyone gets this episode in full right now.
1: My afternoon in a video arcade. Dear Rob, thank you for sharing such a hot story with me. I've heard of the meat rack at Fire Island, but I've never actually been. I follow a few hot guys on Instagram who regularly post glossy, colorful photos of their visits Models and fitness guys, mostly. All of the photos are generally by the pool or on the beach. Nice, tame photos. None of the nasty stuff that I'm sure goes on there. Reading about your experiences, I wonder if some of my Insta-boys engage in any of that fun. Gets me hot and bothered just thinking about it. I love the image of you strolling the beach, huffing on your poppers while naked, and in full view of other people. That's an exhibitionist fantasy. One you've lived out multiple times, I'm sure. I love it. Also, I love to rim too. More than sucking dick, really. That porn star's ass must have been tasty. I'm sure you were in heaven. Do you take any edibles when you go there? I've never taken any while out and about, but I hear it can be fun. I listen to a podcast, talk about gay sex, and the hosts talk periodically about taking edibles when they're out clubbing. Once my husband and I had some cookies laced with pot, and we pretty much had sex all night. It was crazy. We haven't done it since, but we'd love to do it again. By the way, you seem to know more about the sexual happenings in a gunkwit than I do. I didn't know about the public sex goings on there, or the crackdown, but I'm not surprised. Again, a gunkwit is about an hour's drive from me, so I don't have a chance to get there often to take part, or even to watch the goings on. So, let me tell you about a recent experience of my own. Here goes. I flew to West Virginia, where I'm from, three weekends ago for a funeral. My father's sister passed. She was practically a second mother to my brothers and me when we were growing up. Anyway, before, I, before going, I searched out adult arcades and, and sex clubs in Charleston, just in case I found time to get away. I wasn't optimistic, but I thought I'd look. I found a video superstore in St. Albans, just outside of Charleston, and about an hour's drive from where the funeral service would be held on Saturday. I flew into Charleston on on Friday afternoon and decided to get my rental car and drive straight to the video store. It was about a half hour's drive from the airport. I had no idea what I would find, but I was prepared for anything. The building is this rectangular-shaped structure on one level. It looks kind of like an airplane hangar just not as large. The color was a hideous pea green with parking in front of the building rather than the back. I felt weird getting out of my rental car in the middle of the day in front of an adult video arcade, but I told myself that nobody knows me here, so don't worry about it. Inside, I found that they didn't seem to have individual video booths. Once inside, the place was cavernous with X-rated DVDs to purchase along the walls, along with a variety of sexual aids, dildos and the like, and not much else in the middle of the store. But as I walked towards the counter, I saw that at the back there was a black curtain with an entrance to a video theater, complete with turnstiles. I told the attendant that I'd like to go into the theater. I handed him a $10 bill, and he gave me a token that I was to put into the turnstile slot. It was about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so I didn't expect there to be a lot of people there, I wasn't wrong, but that was perfect for me, since I often feel inhibited in crowds. The back was divided up into several spaces. When you first walk in, you see two rows of individual video booths. That's where they were. To the left, there was another black curtain. When I walked through it, I saw a decent-sized room with three large flat screens playing straight porn. There were three sectional sofas along the walls. In the back, to the right, there was another room with a door. A few country-looking guys were milling about in their 30s, 40s, and 50s in baseball caps and denim shirts, more or less. They looked at me, I looked at them, but we all kept walking. I left there and walked down the first row of video booths. I peered into one and saw that a video was playing, a gay video this time. I saw there was no slot to put in quarters or bills, which confused me. I soon realized that all of the booths played porn continuously, and that you didn't have to feed in coins or bills to keep them playing. And you could change the channels as well, to straight, gay, or trans porn, whatever your pleasure. All this for $10, I thought? My dick got hard just thinking about all this porn, and the space I'd stumbled upon. I could get off here, I thought. There was another smaller room at the end of the first row of video booths that also played porn on a smaller flat screen. Before these was a row of cushioned recliner chairs, and behind these three much smaller rooms with video screens in them, rooms large enough for two or three people, but no more. These rooms also had doors that you, had, you could close for privacy. This was insane, I thought. In West Virginia? I had no idea. Once I had the lay of the land, I remembered there were poppers for sale when I came in, so I went back through the turnstiles and bought a bottle of Amsterdam poppers my poppers of choice. The attendant told me, though, that once I came through the turnstiles, I couldn't go back in without paying another $10. I didn't know, I said. This was my first time here. The guy gave me a break and told me that I could scoot underneath the turnstile instead of putting another token in the slot. I thanked him and hurried back to the theater. Once inside, I struggled to tear the wrapping off the popper bottle, but once I got it open, I breathed a sigh of relief. I was in heaven, Rob. Like you, I love poppers. I only started using them in the last couple of years. I don't think I used them at all when we met a few years back. But now, I love them, especially the masturbate with. My nipples go crazy on poppers. My dick is twitching now just thinking about that feeling. After I opened the poppers, I put them in the pocket of my hoodie and walked around the theater from room to room, down the rows of video booths, feeling a brand new confidence now that I had the poppers. The other patrons sized me up, wondering if they could suck my dick or if I'd suck theirs. I enjoyed the attention, but I was pretty sure I wouldn't get with any of them. That is, unless the guy was really hot and I couldn't resist. Eventually, I stepped into a booth, then into a room to watch a few minutes of porn, fingering the poppers in my pocket, feeling the anticipation of using them for the first time. I felt the growing heft in my jeans. I was getting so turned on. This was a weird place, Rob. I saw a sign when I walked in, in that and walked in that women were allowed free admission on Fridays and Saturdays. That threw me a bit. Women. I started to pay closer attention to some of the men in the place. After all, it was Friday afternoon. Some of the guys seemed straight or kind of straight, at least. I didn't know what this meant, really, but I'd soon find out. I still hadn't huffed any of my poppers by this point. I knew what would get me started, though, fingering my nipples. I wore a white t-shirt underneath my blue hoodie. While I walked between rooms and down the two aisles of video booths, I hiked up my t-shirt and began fingering my nipples, both of them. My eyes rolled up inside my head. I didn't care if the other guys saw me. Fuck. I wanted them to see me turning myself on. After all, I had no plans of letting any of them suck my dick. I was one of the youngest men in the place or at least one of the youngest looking men, LOL. To be honest, some of the men looked kind of weather-beaten, like they'd had hard lives. Nobody turned me on yet, so I felt kind of arrogant taunting them with my fitter-toned black man's taboo body. I didn't overdo this, mind you. It was mostly in my head that I taunted them with what I told myself they couldn't have, though I sensed they wanted. As I walked down the aisles and ducked in and out of several video booths, I kept waiting for a moment or a scene in a video where I'd want to take my first huff of poppers. The anticipation was building. I wanted that rush, but I wanted the first huff to be a memorable one. Once I started huffing, I told myself, i continue huffing until my head felt dizzy and my dick was on the verge of exploding. It felt kind of like foreplay with myself, you know? In some ways, Rob, I'm more of a solo sexual. I get off more thinking about having sex with myself than with other people. Is that the sign of a true exhibitionist, I wonder? I think it's a remnant of coming of age during the HIV AIDS crisis of the 80s and 90s. I want other people to watch me, to want me, but I don't necessarily want to have physical contact with them. Maybe that's weird. That night I told you about in the Phoenix in New Orleans where I got fucked bent over at the waist was an anomaly for me. To be honest, I often fantasize that that experience could someday be my new normal. Next, I discovered a door down one of the aisles of video booths that led to an outside patio. I walked outside and saw the two guys seated at a table talking to a woman. They all looked up when I approached, but I quickly backed out and returned to the theater. I wanted to huff on my little brown bottle so bad. When I went back inside, I saw a tall, curly-haired brunette guy walk through the turnstiles. He wore thigh-length blue and white horizontal-striped shorts running shorts that were a little baggy in the front, but that hugged his ass nicely. He also wore a snug-fitting light-colored t-shirt and flip-flops. He was a strange sight in that place. He looked like he just graduated from college. I followed him a little down one aisle, then a second. Eventually, he walked into one of the larger rooms. He didn't pay any attention to me, really, but he was the only guy in the place whose dick I thought I would want to suck. Plus, he had a gay vibe about him, but I think I was wrong about that. At one point, I followed him into one of the larger rooms, and he lingered outside the door to a smaller room with his closed door. The curtain to that room was parted slightly, so that you could see inside a small bit. Seated on the the sofa was a woman in blue jeans and a knit top with a roly-poly white guy who was kind of plain looking. I peeked through the curtain before, and it looked like she was sucking this guy's tiny dick. Well, The tall, curly-haired guy lingered outside the door, peeking through. Then I saw him try the door, and when it opened, he just walked straight through. I'd not seen anyone be so bold as to enter a closed door since I'd been there. By this time, my nipples were throbbing, as I continued to tease them as I followed this guy around, hoping that he'd be interested in watching me pleasuring myself. But he wasn't, not really. When I peered through the parted black curtain of that closed room, I saw the tall guy standing in front of the woman in blue jeans, while the roly-poly guy sitting in the middle of the sofa pulled on his tiny dick, which was only half-hard. This guy kept saying to the tall, curly-haired guy, You get a condom, you can fuck her. You got a condom? I couldn't hear the tall guy's response, but after a while he opened the door and walked briskly to an opening inside the theater where there was a bathroom. From this opening, he called out to the desk attendant. Hey, do you think I could buy a condom, couple of condoms off of you? I didn't hear the attendant's reply, but the tall guy stayed there, fingering the front of his blue and white striped shorts. I walked back and forth wondering what I should do next. Of all the guys in the place, he was the sexiest. I thought for sure I could suck his dick. But maybe he was straight and didn't want a guy sucking on his dick. Finally, I mustered the courage to walk up to him. He was surprisingly friendly. "'Did you fuck her?' I asked. "'Not yet,' he said, briefly glancing at me and then down at his phone. "'You want to?' I pressed. This time he stared me directly in the eye. "'I'm trying to gauge the situation,' he said. "'The guy she's with is kinda weird. "'I think he's her husband. "'I can't tell the situation, really. "'All the time he's speaking to me, "'he's fingering the front of his shorts.' I can barely make out the imprint of his chub. I want to see more, but I'm worried about offending him if he's really straight. The whole time I'm wondering how could a guy in a place like this be really straight? None of it made sense to me, Rob. At last the guy got his condoms, and he walked quickly back to the room with a closed door. I watched him open the door and slip back inside. By this time, a number of the other patrons began to congregate outside the room as well, hoping to see something. Like the other guys, I pressed my face to the slim opening in the curtain, hoping to get a glimpse of the tall guy fucking the woman. I did see that he had kicked off his blue and white striped shorts, though. I got a quick glimpse, now and again, of his pale but plump ass as he came in and out of view through the slit. I heard the roly-poly guy egging on the tall guy. She's got some good pussy, right, bro? Some good pussy. After ten minutes or so... The curly-haired guy stepped away from the woman on the sofa. All of us outside the door suddenly moved away. The tall guy opened the door in a burst and hustled past us, but not before closing the door behind him. A minute later, I followed after him as he hurried to the bathroom, which was occupied at the time. He waited in the same place he stood earlier, asking the attendant for condoms. I felt jittery. Did you fuck her? I asked. He looked up at me his gaze just off to the side of my head, a little glassy. Yeah, he said. I'm sure she wants more. He reached into the front of pocket of his shorts. I have an extra. I waved him off. That's okay, man, I said, eyeing the bulge in his shorts. I suddenly felt bold. Here was my chance. What I really want is to uh, see your dick, man, I said. He didn't seem surprised by what I'd asked but he shrugged his shoulders. I thought at that moment. He is straight. I waited. That's okay, man, he said, surprisingly polite. You sure? I asked. He looked at me, almost like we were friends, and smiled. Yeah, sure. Okay, I said. No problem. Then I walked away. Before I did, I saw the bathroom door open and out walked a middle-aged white guy in jeans and long-sleeved shirt. I heard the bathroom door close behind me after that. A few minutes later, I watched as the curly-haired guy left the building altogether. I felt like a caged animal after. I had to come. I ducked inside one of the video booths and shut the door. I felt a little sheepish, like I wanted to be alone, but not really. I fingered my little brown bottle, then took it out. There was a glory hole in the room I was in. I sat on the plastic cushion and peered through it. I saw a pair of stocky legs standing before the video screen. The legs shifted a little when I did. I sat back quickly, out of sight. On the screen, I watched Paul Kerrigan wrestling with a similarly built white guy. They were both wearing singlets. I had always been turned on by Kerrigan. It looked as if the scene had just started. I shook up my little brown bottle and placed it on the protruding ledge in front of the screen where I could stare at it, as if to hypnotize myself with the sight of it. My heart was racing. I want to get fucked up, I told myself. I want to get fucked up, then I want to shoot my load all over the screen. Onto Paul Kerrigan's fucking butch face. On the screen, Kerrigan and the other guy were scooting across the mat. There wasn't anything especially sexual about their grappling, except for how the snug-fitting singlets hugged the curves and bulges in their hips, chest, and crotch areas. I would wrestled in high school, Rob, in the 10th and 11th grades, and I developed crushes on nearly every player on the team, but especially George Rodriguez. George and I were about the same height and weight, but his body was sleek and muscular, whereas mine was just sleek. And he had that wavy Spanish hair and lips that I didn't realize until years later that I often fantasized about licking with my tongue. I picked up the little brown bottle, opened it, then with an almost religious motive animating the gesture, brought it to my left nostril. While holding down my right nostril and then closing my eyes, I took a short huff. I did the same with the other side, brought the bottle to my right nostril, then, keeping my eyes closed, took a short huff through my left. I inhaled and held my breath for a few moments, then I let the air slowly out through my lips. I sat there with my eyes closed, waiting for the little burst of light to appear through the veiny membrane of my closed eyelids. I felt my chest grow warm and my heart rate quickened just a little. For a second, it felt like I was med- meditating, but then it occurred to me that what I was actually doing was worshiping. It was at this point I saw the light. On instinct, I slipped my both hands underneath my T-shirt and found my chest. My skin seemed vast, textured, like the rough topography of a three-dimensional map. Only the map's surface was itself alive and winced pleasurably at my touch. I felt that I was tracing my body's desire now through my supersonically sensitive nipples. The sound from the video screen was not loud. This was the case in most of the video booths, quite frankly. But I strained my ears to try to make out the wrestler's quickening gasps of breath. When I opened my eyes, I saw that Kerrigan was laying on his back and that the other guy had pulled the straps of Kerrigan's singlet from his shoulders, exposing his chest. Without taking my glazed eyes from the screen, I began to flick at my nipples with the thumb and forefinger of both hands. I did this unconsciously, as if it were the most natural of actions. I had already unzipped my shorts and pulled out my now hard eight-inch dick. It was bouncing in front of me when I glanced down at it. But I didn't want to touch it, not yet. I wanted to let my nipples have all the fun. It was at this point that I happened to glance over at the glory hole to see a pair of thickish lips protruding through the opening. The serpent-like tongue darted in and out, and then circled around the lips themselves, licking at the stale air in the booth. I closed my eyes I took another hit from my little brown bottle, just like before. First the left nostril, then the right. I held my breath before exhaling. This time the light did not appear. It rarely does on subsequent hits. But that was okay. I still felt the rush. I worked on my nipples some more all the while mesmerized by Paul Kerrigan sucking the other guy's other wrestler's stiff, stiff dick. Now and again I pulled on my own stiff dick, shifting the tension ever so briefly from my nipples. I could feel the warm sperm rising in my balls. I looked at the glory hole opening. The wet, gaping mouth had been replaced by an index finger that, while it rimmed the edges of the opening, paused now and again to beckon me. A hoarse voice then whispered, "'Let me suck it, bro,' My eyes shifted from the glory hole to the screen, then from the screen to the glory hole. I was now furiously jacking my dick, Rob, alternating between my swollen dick head and my swollen throbbing nipples. Fuck, I said out loud. Fuck. The other guy had shoved Paul Kerrigan's head to the mat, and Kerrigan's ass was in the air. Eat that pussy, I huffed at the screen. Eat that fucking man pussy. I wanted the other guy on the other side of the thin partition to hear me. I wanted him to hear me tell him what turned me on. One man eating another man's ass out. I love calling another man's ass a pussy, Rob. When you refer to the sexy porn star's ass, the one who unexpectedly shoved his ass in your face, you called it a pussy, and my dick did a little happy dance inside my jeans. You know how to turn me on, Rob. That's why I wish you and I could visit a public sex venue together. I could watch you, you could watch me watching you get nasty with yourself and with other guys while I play with my dick. You could egg me on to do nasty things in public. I don't think I ever would have engaged in that public display at the Phoenix that night if I hadn't spoken with you the night before. You were a great influence on me that night, brother. I don't know if this is true or not, but I imagine I kept playing in my head over and over that night, like a mantra. What would Rob want you to do, Mark? What would he want you to do? And the answer? He'd want you to let go your inhibitions and have fun. Get nasty. You know you want to do it, so do it. I want to be your wingman, Rob, just as I want to be you to be my wingman in all things nasty and public. Eventually, I shot my load in that booth, Rob. I shot it long and hard, and it felt so good with those poppers in my system, turning up the pleasure the way they always do. It took me about three hours of walking up and down those aisles and listening to the other guys get off and watching straight and gay porn before I worked up enough excitement to masturbate my dick, Rob. But I eventually did work up enough excitement. I came. Mark.
0: I hope you found that stimulating. If so, please follow the podcast. And if you have a sexy story, fantasy, or confession that you want to share, then go ahead and shoot and shoot me an email at naughtyaudioformen at gmail.com. If you want to join my Patreon and get exclusive access to early episodes, videos of our sexy interview play time and more, then join my Patreon. Follow me on Twitter for some of the things that turn me on. Follow my Reddit page to comment on the episodes and interact with other listeners. And feel free to leave some feedback on the Naughty Audio for Men Anonymous Feedback Hotline. And that number is 908-954-5888. This hotline is not for sexting, but for you to share your feedback on what you love about the show, what's your favorite episode, what's your favorite content, and what would you like to see more of? And if you're feeling frisky, leave a voicemail sharing a hot orgasm. Links to all this information is in the show notes. Thanks, guys, and happy jacking.